This American Monster. A Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. Sundry was presented with an opportunity to bring the Law Corporation acquisitions to Mr. Heck in order to extend his time on Earth. Welker learned of something dangerous Matlock could detect, something that seemed dead, yet followed him. Ashton learned that to stop these vampires and to save Reagan and himself, they will need to cut the head off the snake. Darkblade had a vision that told him he may not be human. The team headed to the Cypress Knoll's Tower Gardens, a place of darkness. Ready for a fight, they crashed through the front gate only to find themselves lost and for Welker to find that he had killed Reagan with the van. You can smell that, like like I said, that like intense, nasty smell of burned hair and burnt rubber. And um, as you go over, you hear like a gross noise, like a heavy breathing, like a uh, like a shuffling kind of sound or like a clawing sound. And when you get there, you just see the form of Reagan wrapped around like the the hub of the wheel. The tires flat. It's all Whoa. fucked up. And um, you see, you see Reagan's face kind of poured upside down like this, and looking at you, eyes locked with you, and just like breathing heavily and breathing heavily. And uh, of course, what does she say to you guys? Oh, maybe she's like rasping. Um, you did this. Yeah. So, like, and you. Walker's first guy should be like, Ashton, stay in the car. Okay. Mr. Green, do not leave the car. Yeah, and. Um, He's, I'm sure, confused. And Darkblade, when you get over there, um, you don't see this, and okay. you instead see when you look at the when you look at the wheel, um, the thing you see is just a huge rat has like been ground into um, like a part of the wheel, and like a bunch of its body has seemingly like mucked up between a part of the wheel and the brakes itself. And this rat is far larger than any rat you've ever seen in your life. This thing like has to be the size of a Labrador. Sure. I was going to say like a small to medium dog almost, but so much of its body has been mangled up inside this wheel and the Mm -hmm. tire is flat. And um, like, that's what you see when you're looking at that. And Welker is yelling at Ashton to stay in the car. Holy crap. We need to get, we need to get its teeth. We need to get uh, samples of this for uh, a cryptozoological report. All right. So he says that. And then, Woker, what's your response to him saying that about Reagan, this poor girl who's been sucked into their car? It's like, Mr. Blade, now's not the time for your antics. All right. We need to get this. Mr. Green can't see this. You need to make sure he stays in the car. It will devastate the poor boy. My and God. Then, what was she doing out here? And that's when you look and you now don't see Reagan. You instead see just this mass of, like, if absolutely eviscerated rat corpse and uh Walker will like try and like save it be like because <laughs> he is probably not fond of rat- rats after the whole museum business and he's not as sturdy as us you know we need to we need to be room for sensitivity in this business uh mr blade i maybe you you could you could help me uh, sort of get us back on the road here. And you could take whatever samples you like. All right. Right. And you're like, he'll already have like its teeth in his mouth. Like, well, by the time you're finished talking, <laughs> like he'll already have a big, big vial of its blood. Oh God. Okay. So you're trying to take samples from this rat. Yeah. Okay. Rat, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess with that too much. He fucks with it. You fucked with it, man. Um, I think while you guys are out here, one thing that does kind of set you off is that you hear like what sound almost like the howls of like wolves or coyotes off in the distance. And until now, you had mostly heard, like I said, just like crows or ravens cawing that made like that fairly like disturbing noise. And it mm-hmm. felt like it was off and muffled through the fog. But now cutting through that fog are like the sounds of wolves or coyotes, some kind of predator. And you had known earlier that you'd heard like shuffling about you. Mm. So that's a noise that you hear. Let's try and get this situation squared away as quickly as possible. Uh, Blade will fuck with the rat and fuck will fuck with the wheels. All right. Well, um, I think that one of the things, and this is partially the result of Carl's like very bad role, is that at least for now, you guys are going to have to head further along on foot. Makes sense. 
classical. So, um, yeah, I think that that's one of the weird things about this is that it should not... If you run over a rat, heck, if you run over a small dog, as unpleasant as that is, it would be weird that it entirely stopped the car, and yet this has. Oh, and I think maybe one of the things that you see is that um, there are, like, scratch marks and claw marks, maybe even tooth marks all over, like, the fender near where the wheel is, like the wheel hub, or the wheel well, that's the term, the wheel well. And um, it seems like this thing, in addition to just getting hit and getting jammed into this, also did a crazy amount of damage to, like, the van. That was its parting gift. Yeah. Vermin ride. Um, okay, yeah. Let's, uh, let's continue on, then. We've come this far into uh, an indeterminate space. Sure. So you guys kind of are begin walking, and uh, like I said, this is... These are orchards that you're in. You can tell that because the trees are planted in kind of these nice, neat rows. Um, but one of the things about them is there are fruit hanging off of these trees. And for the most part, they seem like they might be citrus trees. Um, but again, it's tough to tell. Like, almost all the colors in the area seem a bit muted. And so when you look up at these, you're not sure what fruit that it is. And as you get closer, it kind of does look a bit like citrus trees, which makes sense. You're in Florida, you're a little bit above the freeze line, but that's not too crazy. Still probably some good citrus orchards out here. But, yeah, there seems to be just fruit, like, on these trees. Hmm. Are there any fruit bats around? Fruit bats? Or vats, with a V. Fruit bats. Fruit well, bats. bats are just vampire bats. Um, uh, not... Ooh, I think maybe you can hear, like, the, the chirping of bats as well and um, maybe every now and again there'll be something that flits through the air really quickly and you have to assume it's a bat but it's furthering like making everyone nervous in that like oh there are things moving about on our peripheries that are flying through this fog it's very very tough to see and I assume you guys have flashlights but, but piercing through this fog is very difficult you can maybe only see like 15 or 20 feet ahead of you guys is there any reason why we should stop for these fruits that one's look at them. I'm. I'll just. I'll just say if any of you do stop and look at it. Oh, there's some that have fallen on the ground and um, are maybe being like eaten by worms and that kind of stuff. And there's flies buzzing on it. Um, and when you take a closer look, you notice that instead of seeds, there's just teeth. Nice. Yeah. More samples, Mister Blade. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll take it and like smell it and look around it you guys and then like smell it all again size them up against your own teeth and then bite into it yeah okay i am a little unprepared i was supposed to make this resource earlier and i fucked up sorry no problem all right all right who is leading the way Uh, i'll lead the way Cool. All right, Sundry, give me a number one, two, or three. Mm, number one. Number one. All right. So you kind of go through this orchard, and you see these two kind of old earthenware pots, and you see also um, kind of like you can tell that this is no longer just part of these orchards, and you see kind of a path that leads forward. But as you kind of like head onto this path, one of the things that you can see is... Um, that there is a low wall and beyond that low wall are graves and that you have entered into a cemetery. It's very, very dark. I think there are live oak trees with like Spanish moss kind of dangling down. Um, As you kind of head towards this, you can see that there are gravestones here that seem like they have to be the newest looking one seems like it's maybe 30 or 40 years old. Um, some of them seem older than that by a good chunk. Um, a lot of them seem very, very weathered. And um, a lot of the dates on them suggest that it uh, suggest people died in the early 1900s going up until the 40s. Uh, the vast majority of the people are men and... Um, you're just in this dark cemetery and you can kind of feel a presence about you as if you're being watched 
we're all together now. Yes, all of you. All of you have been together the whole time. Hmm. Does it look like there's any way through this cemetery? Because we're trying to get to what we believe to be like a, a building, a tower, right? Yes. Can I um, read a bad situation? Yes. To answer Carl's quick question, um, to answer Carl's question quickly, there doesn't seem to be. It seems to be like you kind of walked into this area, and to get out of it, you'll almost have to go back. Um, because it seems almost like a circle, unless you want to just like hop over the low wall on the other side and keep going, which is a perfectly reasonable thing that you could do. Um, but yeah, Sundry, go ahead and read that bad situation. You get a nine unless someone's helping me. So yeah, so you're just trying to like get your bearings and figure out what the hell's going on, Sundry. Well, I feel like we're being watched, so I'm like looking around for who's doing that, and just trying to get a sense of what's going on. Okay. Cool. What's the uh, stat for helping someone? Your stat for helping someone is cool, but how are you helping him? Um, well, if, I mean, I'll cover whichever side he's not looking at, so like, we'll both be shining our flashlights in different directions, I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah, giving him my set of peepers. Okay, I lend in an extra lend in an extra set of eyes to the situation. That works. Go ahead and roll your cool roll, Carl. Got an 11. All right, so that kicks that 9 up to a 10. So you get to ask more than just one of those. I think you actually get to ask three, Lee. Okay. Um, uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Are there any dangers that you haven't noticed? Hmm. Um, one of the things that you can tell is you are being watched. And as you are pointing your flashlights around, um, one of the things is... Uh, you swear you saw something out of the corner of your eye, and when you point the flashlight over towards it, it's gone. There's nothing there. And then when you go to look at something else, it'll kind of pop up again, and you can see figures in this uh, mist. Mm -hmm. um, humanoid figures that seem to be, like, staring at you, but you can tell they are not a threat to you. Okay, so... So your question was... Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Are there any dangers you haven't noticed? Um, you can feel that these... You can feel that those things are watching you here, but that your every move on these grounds is being watched um, by something far darker than them. But you could... So you can tell, like, um, your visit to... Your visit to these grounds is not unknown. Like, okay. the thing you're hunting knows you're here and you're being hunted by it as well. What's my best way in? Your best way in. Um, you're going to have to... You guys are lost. You're going to have to kind of, like, find your way into this tower, for sure. The unfortunate part about it is um, the grounds themselves seem to be changing. So, like, the rules of where you're going aren't necessarily going to follow, like, oh... The rooms are one, two, three, four. I'll go to room one, I'll go to room two, I'll go to room, or area one, area two, area three, area four, like, and they will f go in sequential order. It seems like things are being moved around um, based on what you're doing and based on what um, something darker is doing as well. Uh, so just sum up, what's my best way in? Your best way in? Like, like I said, you're going to have to... It's not linear at this point, which is one of the upsetting things. So you're going to essentially have to go through some areas that you might not, um, that it might not make sense for you to go through to get to where you need to be. Um, if, if we have any clues or any, I, yeah. So let, let, to be sure. as helpful as I can be, I'll say that you realize that these figures may be able to assist you with information here. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll point that out to the team then. Say uh, those things in the mist—they uh, they don't mean us no harm. I don't think. Maybe able to help. Uh, whatever's happening here, it's, uh, it's changing by the minute. Can't get a read on where we need to go. Well, maybe it's time for you to see if your charms work as well on the dead as the living. Uh, happy to try. You'll know, uh, walk into the mist. All right. Uh, do you have Do you have another question, or is it two questions for? No, it's three, but I can hold them. I think. Okay, I'm right with that. Okay. Um, yeah. If Otherwise, you, like the answer is going to be really duplicative. So if you head, the first thing is like to head into the mist. You guys are kind of surrounded by it. You're just able to kind of see enough through it using these flashlights. 
So one of the easy things you can tell is just if you want to get to these ghosts, whoop, yeah, they're ghosts. If you want to get to these figures, one of the things you could in the mist, an easy thing to do would be to just essentially turn your flashlight off and kind of step away from the others. Okay, I'll try that. All right. So Sundry, we see him turn his flashlight off. We see him kind of walk away, just take a few steps, and already the other folks are have kind of disappeared. The other, um, uh, his teammates, they we maybe see their flashlights in the background, but just as like kind of disembodied like uh, rays of light. And um, soon enough, you see kind of standing near these graves. In the darkness, there are these shapes that are these humanoid shapes. And as you kind of get closer to one of the graves, you can tell that they are indeed humans, but they look pale. They look like they're almost like connected to the mist itself, like almost like they are attached to it. They're almost the same color as much of the mist. And um, as you get closer to them, none of them are wearing clothing that you would describe as contemporary. Some of them are wearing clothes that seem like they're maybe out of the 30s, some of them clothes that are, that's even older than that. Uh, he'll maybe flag the nearest one down and say, sir, uh, was hoping you could help me. I'm lost. And, and the, you hear this kind of hollow voice say to you, you shouldn't be here. There's something very wrong here. There's something wrong that's come here. We're here to set that straight, but I'm afraid we got a little turn around. And another, another one of these figures will, will come up. They're maybe wearing, um, what you might describe as like Sunday's best, but from maybe the 19, yeah, like the 1930s or 40s. And they'll, and it, and this person says, and almost all of the figures you can see vaguely look male. And they will say, like, why would you, there's, there's something that's come here and it's pushed us. It's, it's brought us, it's brought us here. We're, we're so tired. I'm so tired. I just want to rest. And there's, and there's, and there's something, something that's keeping me from resting. It's, resting. it's, it's brought me here, and I could tell it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be here, and yet now I'm, I'm, I'm stuck here. I can't go, and I can't rest. Can you tell where it is? I'd love to put you back to your peace. And, uh, and one of them will kind of, uh, one who looks like they're wearing clothing that's like even older, maybe even those like overalls um, that look like almost turn, and they have like a look of them that seems like they're oh they're standing next to a grave and um the death date on it says like 1910 and this person will uh this figure kind of says to you like we built i built this place i helped to i helped to lay the foundation now i'm laid to rest here or i thought there's something there's something in that tower that's come back it's not it's not from here it's pushed us out of our rest. It's woken our. It's woken me from my my peace. And I just want to rest. Mm-hmm. You think I can? Uh, I don't know if manipulate someone works on ghosts. I don't know if it. I don't know if it does either. But I will say you can possibly interview this person as maybe an expert to get some other information. Uh, what's that? Like investigating the mystery? Yes. Okay. Uh, sure. I'm happy to try that. Go for it. Not my strong suit. I got a total of a nine. Total of a nine. Alright, so you get to ask one of those questions. Hmm. I mean, these questions are somewhat similar. So if I ask, like, where do they go? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's like, and I get the same answer as what's my best way in. That'll be a bit of a disappointment. So, I guess... Yeah, I guess that's what I would ask. Oh, wait, hold on. I did tell you your best way in would be to talk to these ghosts. Yeah. And you were acting on that advice, correct? Yeah, so I get a 10, I guess. So you got a 10, yes. Nice. Uh, What's being concealed here? What's being concealed here? Oh, and I think that these, uh, these figures will kind of like amass closer to you, and they'll tell you a story of all of them have the story of having worked on this tower and having built this tower and all of them died here on these grounds. A lot of them died because of like accidents. A lot of people either fell off of the tower or they got sick while they were here or they got bitten by a snake or something fell on them and crushed them. Um, yeah, an air conditioner unit fell on my head. Um, air conditioning. Out of heat. Yeah. So... 
yeah, there are people who got sick uh, because like because of somebody got malaria and died, like that kind of thing, or yellow fever, and um, so all of these folks died here. Um, what's being concealed? They can tell you that this is this place has always been a dark place. There's always been something wrong here. Um, but their souls were at rest, and now they've been awoken from that by something darker that's uh, supplanted it. And if this thing, um, if this thing is able to get not just a foothold, but able to cement itself as part of this area, that's able to cement itself as something here, that it won't be able to be kicked out. Okay. That basically there's an evil that's growing and taking root here, and once it totally takes root, you'll never get it out of here. And they're terrified because they'll be they're like like and will will be trapped here. Uh, so then, how do we get rid of it? Which is, in other words, what can hurt it? Hmm. Um, I think they'll tell you. They'll kind of reiterate the issue of like you got to turn these guys into rats. Yeah. Turn them into rats. Flood the bathroom. First of all, you got to be in a bathroom. They'll tell you that they're big on bathroom talk. Um. Call them out houses, but yeah. Yeah. They'll say, uh, like, like, oh, they'll talk about how they can feel, they can feel it's, like, they can feel the, the corruption in the ground itself, and that almost like that pushed them up out of the earth. They can feel that this is something that's crawled its way up out of the earth and out of the darkness in the past and refuses to go back to that place and they can feel the evil welling up and out of this almost like in throbs, like the beating of a heart. And they say, and like, and there, there is the seat of, there is the seat of what's torturing us. And so they'll basically say like, oh, its heart needs to be destroyed. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You want to hear me play the harmonica for a while? <laughs> I surely don't. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's, um, somebody's talking. Um, there's, you can kind of hear this and you see these, these shapes kind of moving around. For the rest of you guys, what does this look like from your perspective when Sundry goes off and has a conversation with these spirits? Well, I figure um, his whole thing was he was trying to get away from our lights, right? So I feel like he just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Like he just walked off past where our beams sort of unnaturally ended too soon, and then it's just like darkness. Um, and maybe we could hear like murmurs in the, in the black, but that's it. And then we don't see him until he comes back. Okay. So, of course, I will, will sort of be like, and. And I assume like he'll share that information. Yeah, yeah, he will. Okay, well then, it just seems like a matter of figuring out how to pr proceed. One thing I wouldn't do is talk to those dead folk. Oh yeah, why not? It seemed to work out for you. That is also it for Mr. Welker. Is that the first time he's Mr. Welker's aware of like when he says, "Don't talk to those dead folks." Had Welker seen these uh like uh, figures, or is that the first he's hearing of it? Uh. Honestly, he already said, I, let's see if you can charm the dead people. I think he just, okay. assumed, like, this is like a creepy graveyard with a bunch of, like, people standing around in, like, a vampire enchanted, like, netherworld. Yeah, they're probably ghosts. Okay. Um, yeah, he wants to move forward, although he doesn't have a great concrete idea of how to do that right now. What, just gotcha. keep walking? We're trying to put these images in here. It sucks. Okay. Um, I even, like, I got all these great images for you guys. All right. So, you're going to continue on? Yeah, I guess we'll just uh, walk around randomly until we see, like, a tower or something else. Well, like I said, one of the things is you're going to have to go back out the way you came in. Okay. So, uh, who's taking the lead now? I'll do it. All right. Pick a number one to three for me. Three. All right. So, you find yourself... You guys arrive at this pond, and the pond itself is maybe only seven or eight feet in diameter so it's pretty small and it's surrounded by this kind of uh, like tall hedges and so once you're once you kind of step into this area that's all that's there you can't really see beyond that in part because all these hedges are there you can exit back again but that's just walking back into more of the um, uh, more of like the mist or the fog so yeah so here you are at this pond and again, you can hear maybe like the croaking of like maybe some frogs. You hear the cawing of like the, the, the a nasty sound of ravens or crows. So how 
Oh, I was going to say, how big across is this pond? It looks like it's very small in that picture, but... Yeah, it's only about seven or eight feet in diameter. And it's entirely enclosed by these hedges. Ashton definitely wants to look at it. All right. So Ashton heads over to look into this pond. And, all right. So this is going to be this is going to be something where we learn about Ashton. Um, Ashton looks into this pond, and the water is like this dark black, where you can see that there's like ripples in it here or there. Um, you can tell that like creatures have moved. Maybe there's bugs that are on the surface. So it doesn't look like glassy, but the part that's the actual water is really, really dark. It's basically black. And when he looks into this pond, uh, the reflection that looks back at Ashton is something that absolutely is horrifying to him. What is that thing? Or what is the scene that he sees? So this should maybe tell us something about Ashton. Hmm. Well, um, hmm. I mean, the first thing that came to mind is like he he is the f- a full vampire like this Nick Raskin guy is. Okay. Like a fully transformed version or something, which he does not like. He's like, oh no, that's what's happening. Sure. You kind of like look at your you kind of like look down into the into the pond and see your reflection, but something catches your eye and forces you to do a double take and look back at it again because you're like, wait, something was up. And you see an image of yourself your skin is far more pallid. Your nails are long, and you're just uh, like biting one of your comrades, like like necks, and just like draining them of their blood. And you can see next to next to where they are, you just drop this body, and the other two are lifeless on the ground. And you've just got blood pouring, like dripping out of your mouth, and you just seem like like almost like like sexually like sated, like like you just came, uh, like so excited by this blood get pretty excited myself yeah and uh what what is it like snaps snaps him out of it somebody else dark blade what snaps ashton out of that uh visage or that 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 uh vision he's chewing on a rat dark blade's chewing on a rat keeps smacking his lips though and it annoys ashton um what's um he's got a, a wet willy that gets him out of it so maybe dark blade just grab Maybe Darkblade just grabs his arm for some reason. Sure. Okay. What's 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 Darkblade up to that he'd grab Ashton's arm like that? Does he does Ashton seem like terrified and Darkblade grabs him to steady him, or is he like, oh, maybe he's wa- about to walk into this pond? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So maybe he's like, Ashton's just been walking steadily like closer and closer into this pond, and Darkblade grabs him just before he's about to just straight up plant himself into this thing. Yeah his arms around his waist and pulls him back. Darkblade kind of shakes you and pulls you back and you kind of snap out of it. And is the reflection just gone? That visit vision you were seeing? Um, sure. Yeah. Like when, maybe when he can't see the pond anymore. Okay. It's all ripples now. Yeah. It's just like kind of ripply. The wind is kind of moving it enough where you, there's no like clear image. Like tears in the rain. Mm-hmm. Like sand through the hourglass. Awesome. What next? Take us home, Ashton. Mm-hmm. Um, well, does anyone else look in this pool? Like, what? Are we just leaving? It ain't natural. Well, I feel like our objective is to get past it, right? I feel like this is all sort of like, uh, at least the way I see it, it's like we need to move past these various obstacles, unless I am just wrong. Because um, I know that Sundry learned that it was more of a mental thing than anything else, but I don't have any ideas how to progress mentally. So, mine's the an inability to progress emotionally. Yeah, well, it's all part of the same spectrum. Yeah, well, unless you guys are going to try to push through these bushes, there's only one way in or out of this little pond area. Dive in. I mean, you could dive into this water. That <laughs> is an option. No, I assume we. Uh, I guess just go back to where we came. Okay, just head back out the way you came in. All right, if I'm I'm down. Ashton, sure. Yeah, Ashton, go ahead and um, give me a number one through uh, one through three. Uh, so we've done one and three so far. So why not two? All right. So here's the thing that's very troubling. You guys exit that kind of uh, little walkway away from the pond. So you kind of walk, take up those little steps, kind of walk past that. You kind of find yourselves going down this path very briefly, again, entirely surrounded by fog. And in just a few moments, 
where are you? But you're right at that pond again. Is there a way for any of us to sort of like check in with their weird feelings? Sort of like sort of like do a, like a weird based huh. appraisal of this situation? That's a possibility. Um, hmm. Do any of us have any sort of weird connection? Yeah, does anybody have a move that is like a weird type thing? Or a move that they think would be particularly useful in this situation? I don't, and I check. Not me. Alex, you got anything? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, um, we can do one of two things. You guys could just exit that area again. Call my internet friends? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, actually, that's a good that's a good plan. Do so you guys... It, it just yeah. remind you that Google Maps exists. Yeah, hey, mm-hmm. idiot. Uh, have you tried? They, but it's like really mean, like tech guy talk, where they're like, oh, <laughs> you have the old version? Oh, that's why you keep getting lost. Oh, I use this. It's open source. Linux. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know a lot about computers. So um, I think that Darkblade can try to do that, and he like maybe breaks out his phone. He's trying to look stuff up, and um, when he pulls up a map... Um, like instead the thing that he'll pull up is on his phone there's just an image of this pond and in the pond itself in the image on his phone he sees something that's absolutely horrifying to him what is that thing that he sees mom getting murdered in the house he sees his mom getting murdered tell us about that tell us the horrifying scene before ye well he, he sees like the doorbell being ringed and uh, he sees it's like a person in a UPS outfit, but it just like it looks strange. It's not super high def, but it looks like it looks like um, somebody's wearing somebody else's skin, just like sloppily. And um, there's just like blood drooling out of the mouth, and like like no, mom, don't don't answer the phone, mom, d- don't answer the door, mom. Oh no! And uh, you see, like um, the doorknob turning, and like um, she answers the door, and then he just like oh, just uh, like mo- does these impossible kind of movements. It looks like he's a broken back, and just this darkness spews out of his mouth hole, and like the human skin collapses on the ground, and uh, just this darkness attacks his mother. Okay. uh, I see her brutally. I just see like blood flowing on the ground. I can't see exactly what's happening, but I see like blood pouring out of the front door. Circly, like he yells, "No, mom, don't open the door! Don't open the door!" As he's just staring at his phone. And uh, if any of you go up to him, his phone's just not on. So I'm trying to think, what would be the most unintuitive thing to do to like sort of get out of this like funhouse sort of situation? Uh, okay, so let me let me let me give you a let me lift up this skirt a little bit and show you what's under here. Um, it's my butt. Uh, aside from that, no. yeah, I know. So you guys are in a situation where the geography is all messed up. So I put those locations on cards, and I kept asking you what it is, and so I kept just drawing them, so you could get the same ones again. So even though you're leaving a location, you could end up right back at that exact location. So. Unless somebody wants to go into that pond, the one of the things you can do is literally go the way you just came in, go back, and you may end up in a different place. You will. Um, or if you want to try to go through these hedges, you will also end up in another place. Um, Ashton has looked into this into this pond and seen something terrifying. You guys thought you left and found yourselves back here again. Um, Darkblade tried to like navigate using his phone and instead he saw an image of the pond and in the image of the pond on his phone he saw something horrifying. Um, who's leading who's leading the way out? All right, and, so Walker, and how are they how are they leaving? Walker's gonna be like, listen, follow follow me, man. He'll like head for like the oh, edge. Let's up. <laughs> yeah, Scooby do this. Uh, I mean so that's he, what the way we've been doing that and been working. I'm gonna like say whoever's got like sort of like a uh, Malay instrument, including just a flashlight. I will start hacking through these hedges. But like, we need to sort of like we need to break the system here. We need to like uh, create our own path through this maze. Like just go off the beaten path. All right. Okay. So you're gonna try to push through these hedges, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see that. 
All right. Ooh, can I also leave like I don't know who carries string around with them, but kind of leave like string like you would in a labyrinth, or like a trail of bullets. Yeah, spent piecing. Yeah, you're just shooting. Yeah. Or fire into the air once every thirty feet. Close yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. Or like chicklets. Yeah. Or uh, I'm sure Darkwood says chicklets. Okay. So, um, all right, you're trying to push through these hedges, and the hedges are very, very thick. And I'm just going to describe this to Mr. Welker. Maybe you guys have a similar thing. Maybe you don't. He's got Sour Patch Kids, but they're all one color. Yeah. Nightmare. Uh, Nightmare material. Right. It's Well, it's just the dust from the Sour Patch Kids, just the fumaric acid powder. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, geez. Uh, Darkblade was trying to suck at the stuff, but you're like, stop it. Um, so... Uh, Mr. Walker pushes into these bushes and they're like pretty dense. And one of the things that you feel is like, oh, they can't be that what like thick. Like it can't go on much farther than like a man's the wingspan, like the, the span of his arms kind of a thing. Um, and as you're pushing through it, you get kind of that same feeling of like, oh, once you've kind of gone into this bush, you get that kind of feeling of like, shit, this shouldn't be going on this far. The other feeling that you get is that these things are like tightening around you. And um, I'd say pretty quickly, Welker realizes that these are not um, like bushes just made out of branches and leaves. They are instead uh, bones. And each of these things are not branches, but hands, skeletal hands that are grabbing at him and pulling at him. And, um, yeah, could you make a um, could you make an act under pressure to get the fuck through these things? That's a cool roll, right? Yes, that is a cool roll. I think in I part because you've got to just hold it together to get yourself through here. That's my specialty. I got a seven. Got a seven. All right. So you're going to be able to get through this stuff. I have a few ideas. One option that's always available is that you guys are at least that Welker is split from the rest of you guys. That's one option. That's always an option, but I know we've not been crazy about splitting the group up too much. Um, Another option is that you have to leave something or that these things like grab something very, very important to you from you. And it like gets lost in these hedges. Mr. Welker himself. Yeah, his head. (laughs) His, his, His rib cage. Um, okay. Is there a third option, or is that what we're looking at? The third option is I'm also open to ideas that you guys might have as a cool 7 to 9 roll for that. I find a valuable artifact. Yeah. Double's a vampire slaying weapon. Mm -hmm. Here's his daughter running through the hedgerow because chasing after her. He's like, whoa, whoa, what? Um, hmm. I mean, as far as valuable things to lose, I'm thinking, like, I don't know, maybe like his company, like his agency tablet. It has like all of his files and like his contacts with the agency on it or something like that, which would make him really vulnerable. Uh, more practically, he could lose like his armor, um, which would make him really vulnerable as well. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have any of this just for valuable things. I'm trying to avoid the whole splitting up thing just because it's, it's not the evening, I guess. Take his wedding ring. There you go. Awesome. So we see these hands kind of grabbing at you, and one of them maybe grabs at your hand, and you're struggling and struggling, and you feel like it's going to rip your fingers off, and you're able to eventually pull yourself through and kind of stumble away and tumble out. And maybe you don't even notice it, but we just see, like, um, that, like, the ring is, like, attached to this, like, uh, like branch that seems, like, that looks like a hand, and it just recedes back into this thing. And um, uh, Mr. Welker tumbles out of this while everybody else is able to like slowly fight their way through. You guys didn't have that experience with the skeletal hands. You were just pushing your way through a bunch of thick pain in the ass bushes that maybe had some thorns and you're like, ow, rip my shirt. So, uh, Mr. Welker, could you give me a number between one? Oh no, never mind. You guys arrive and I've included this. Included the image. You arrive at a gate. The gate crosses a moat, and even through this thick fog, you can see that on the other side of this gate, uh, past this like narrow little pedestrian bridge over this moat, is a tower, a massive tower that extends far, far, far up into the air past where you can see in this fog. It seems to go on almost forever. 
Like when you look up at it, you get almost like a vertigo sensation. How high is it? Um, it, it from where you guys are standing, it seems infinitely tall. That's pretty tall for Florida. That's, that's fucking big. Damn. You say. Uh, where is this picture? You never mind. I found it. Okay. Yeah. Now that now that, thanks to David who told me how to do that, now we don't have that same fucking stupid problem I kept running into. All right. Uh, so you arrive at this gate, and it's like this wrought iron gate. And um, I can give you a closer little image of it. You're just zooming in on Google Maps. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, look closer. Um, but yeah, uh, at the top are these kind of like foreboding spikes that kind of uh, bend outward so that climbing this thing would be very, very difficult. Near these things are uh, like the heads of like animals that look like kind of gargoyles, like coyotes or wolves or some other kind of animal like that. And uh, it's very, very scary. All right. Well, um, is there a conventional lock? I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm interested in just shooting the padlock. If that's, if that's the deal. There is a little latch on the thing. And if you ask questions, there's two and they talk about one another. Yeah. yeah. And, and one tells only one, lies. One tells only lies and the other only tells the truth. And the other only tells gossip. <laughs> um, yeah. So there is a latch and there is a picture of the latch. It is a snake, uh, like a wrought iron snake um, that you seem to be able to like kind of pull and move away from the, uh, and like to open the gate. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of conventional lock on this thing. But that does seem to be the latch that you would use to, to open it. I say we get in this building, build a big fire on the ground floor, let smoke this, uh, you know, sucker out of there. Sure. There's no basement. Yeah. Not underwater vampire. Vampire safe fire. I'm done. Let you guys lead the way. Whatever you think is a good idea. Do we make it past this gate no problem with the latch situation, or is it like more complicated than that? Okay. Um well yeah, who opens the gate? I'll do it. Awesome. Okay. So, um Sundry goes to place his hand on this thing. And he, he grabs it, and he can pull it up, and it's heavier than it looks like it should be. And you can kind of pull it this... It's the kind of latch where you would pull on this snake and then push it over to the side to open the gate to be able to open the thing. Uh-huh. And, as you, and as you pull it up, you feel that this... Something feels like it's pulling back at you, and at first you think it's just heavier than you thought. But quickly you look down and realize that this is a live snake, and it's wrapped itself around your forearm. And should I fling it off? Awesome. Go ahead and make a cool roll for me to act under pressure. And he says, why did it have to be snakes? Yeah. John Reese davies shows up and says, you go first. Ah, I got a 12. Got a 12. All right. It's actually more than that, but whatever. Cool. All right. So I was imagining that this snake could possibly, like, constrict you, could knock you into this kind of, like, moat nearby. Uh, but that's definitely not going to happen. So what does it look like as you are not uh, impeded by this this thing? Is it just a hallucination? Is it a real snake, but you throw it away? Maybe it's like a real snake, but he like bashes its head on the ground. Uh, okay. And then like holds it in such a way that you're that you're like, oh yeah, Sender's a Dreefield boy. Like, uh, he knows about snakes. Awesome. Uh, and so he just says, piss on that snake. You know, like fling it on the ground. Cool. It's just dead. Yeah. Above the, uh, above the gate, like at the top, <laughs> on top of those... Um... <laughs> That's great. On top of those, uh, like scary kind of spikes that are curved outward to prevent people from climbing over it, are large, um, like crows or ravens, and they're just cawing down, like looking at you guys. And um, whoever is last to go through the gate could swear one of them just says, "Like, you'll be sorry." <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Yeah, and you look back, and it's just they're just birds. But yeah, whoever whoever was last through that gate could swear one of those birds just said, like, you'll be sorry. Right. So, you have arrived at the base of a tremendous tower. This tower, like I said, when you look up above it, it seems to extend infinitely into the sky. This thing is enormous, like I said. Uh, it has this massive door that's, uh, like, brass or bronze um, that looks... It has like an art deco look, if anybody's familiar with that art style or architecture style. Um, but when you look at it, a lot of the things seem somewhat similar almost to some of the bronze work or 
uh, art that you saw in the uh, in the museum, especially Ashton, who kind of looked at that stuff closer. A lot of the like Eastern Orthodox relief work. Some of it is somewhat similar on this door. And like I said, excuse me, the the tower itself seems to extend up forever. Well, you you know what I wanted to do from the get go: storm the castle, baby. Starting a fire seems like a good idea too. So you do realize that starting a fire is possible, but it would be extremely difficult given that this is a huge stone tower. Yeah, yeah. No, starting one inside might be more effective as well, opposed that's what to I was outside. Thinking. Okay. Um, I don't have any smarter ideas than that. I mean, nobody brought like a grappling hook gun, did they? Hold on. Seems like Dark Light's department. So if you guys kind of go around it and you can go around the whole of this tower. If you want to like circumnavigate yeah, the tower, just to sort of see what we're getting into. Sure, uh, there are windows. I will say that the windows are pretty high up. They're like All right now. Least... I have the gate latch and a giant tower and mm-hmm. a window. There we go. And a beautiful okay. gate. What, what so, year would you date the gate to? I'm going to go with the solid 1897 feel. Hmm. Okay. Pretty old for Florida. Yeah, it's probably the oldest structure in the state. So. <laughs> Is this in Florida, Austin? This isn't. This isn't Florida. Bach Tower Gardens is in um, Lake Wales, Florida. Oh. Um, I mean Palmetto I City. Yeah. So this is this is uh, near Palmetto City, um, the Cypress Knolls Tower Gardens, and one of the things that you did see about, um, you know, that those people who died working on this, like the earliest one you saw was like in like 1910. Or something, and some of the later ones you saw were from like the 1940s. Um, but yeah, so you can see some of these windows, but these some of these windows are like 25 feet in the air. So you guys could try to get to these, but that oven itself is going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass. It's possible, but it'll definitely be a pain. If you want to say you're going to force your way up through those windows, you can just tell me how you guys do it, and you'll essentially do it. What do you guys think? I think we should build a fire in the base. It's just me. Sure, I'm down for that. Let's get in the first floor and start burning shit. Yeah, so we can't go in. Is there like another gate? Looks kind of like that in the picture, right? Like there's no way into the tower aside from these windows. There is a front door, that big front brass door that I described. Oh, let's just go in there. So there's a front door. There's also, I'd say, like two windows on each side, maybe one in the back as well. Just knock it down with your grenade launcher. There you go. I'm going to try and see if it's unlocked first. The door? Yeah. I think um, I think nice and spooky style. Um, you go up to the door, and before you even put your hand on it, the door slowly starts to open. All right. I shoot my grenade launcher at it. Is that what you do? <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Well, let's walk in. <laughs> All right. Carl. Oh, I swear to God, if you give me numbers one through three again, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Just back in the lake. <laughs> no. It's- You're in a you're across a tiny pond inside the tower. Yeah, it's far worse. Give me a number one through ten, Carl. Oh my god! All right, that's gonna be it's gonna be an eight. Your least favorite tenth grade experience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, There's so you guys open this door. I don't have pictures of this, unfortunately. This part, some of this stuff is fictional. All right, so you guys open this door, and inside you find this kind of like you're in a suite. You're inside this tower, and it op- the door opens up, and as you guys walk in, you're in this almost palatial kind of suite with this huge kind of four-poster bed off in one room, this like nice uh, kind of living room chamber that you're in um, in the middle. Off to the side, there's kind of like a little study area, and you can see out um, that there's like some win- there's a window in here. Like this area has a window. And all of the furniture is gorgeous. It's like like rich, uh, dark wood. Um, the seats are upholstered in this like like really really nice looking leather. There's wallpaper on the walls um, that seems like incredibly expensive. But the whole room has this like mustiness to it um, that seems as if uh, while everything is really really nice. It seems as though things are on the brink of falling apart in here. And um, off towards where the bed is, you hear kind of this, uh, like, whispering. I grenade launcher the bed. You should, dude. How do you think you're going to start a fire in here? 
I don't know would start a fire, actually. Fuck it. Let's go crazy with it. I will, yeah. I will try and set this bed on fire with an incendiary grenade. <laughs> all right, so you're going to shoot a grenade at this bed? Like, listen, all we've seen so far is spooky visions and spooky distractions. Yeah, we know we want to kill everybody here. Let's just do it. I'm going to, like, light this thing up and try and start tearing this place down. And all that right. is how Mr. Wilker got arrested for setting the school on fire. <laughs> yeah. That was Ooh. the real nightmare. We yeah. need to find their, uh, like, home soil first, right? Wilker just says, fuck it, I'm just going to destroy this thing. And he just points this grenade launcher at the bed. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the Monster of the Week system, a game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode included Churchy by Coven, Japanese Doll by Yaka Anima, and Weirding Way and Earthly Destiny by Sir Cubworth. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Yeah, the vampire wet the bed, so it's so wet it won't catch on fire. Vampire piss is flame retardant. All right. I have to go cool. my, my homeland covered in my own piss. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. <laughs>